0: Raymond James has been located in Carroll Bank & Trust since 1997, providing a customized service for discerning clients serving West Tennessee and surrounding areas. We offer a team approach to financial planning, presenting you with a broader scope of expertise than you will likely find in any one person. Our clients are our main priority, which is why we work to understand your unique circumstances and create a distinctive plan that provides a roadmap for your financial journey. During this podcast series, you will hear from the financial advisors at CBT Financial. Join in to learn more about making smart financial investments, market changes, and members of our community that are making a difference in their area.
1: Well, welcome to another segment of our podcast. We're coming to you in the midst of a pretty dramatic market downturn. It's been a tough year. Uh, we've had activity from the Fed since the beginning of the year, and, and I would hope to talk a little bit about that. We've got a pretty good uh, podcast lined up today. We're going to talk about uh, brokered CDs. We're going to talk about effective account titling. We're going to talk about uh, best strategies for bear market. I'm going to start off talking a little bit about what's going on with the Federal Reserve And um, just to remind you, and and this has been in the headlines all year long, and you guys have seen this, but the Fed, Federal Reserve operates under a dual mandate uh, strategy. And and their dual mandate, or their goals, are to maintain uh, equilibrium in our economy and our money supply, but their target uh, mandates are unemployment, at a 4% national level and inflation at a 2% national level. And right now, the the mandate that is coming under such uh, scrutiny is our inflation rate. The most recent CPI report that we got back a month or so ago was an 8.3% inflation rate. Well, that's a long way from 2%, which is the target inflation rate. So the Fed has gotten very aggressive with raising interest rates to tighten the money supply. Uh, if money costs more, uh, people uh, borrow, le- there's less money available. Uh, so that constrains our economy because if people are having to pay more, for borrowed money, they're less apt to do things like build houses, like take on commercial projects, uh, like hire people, uh, like buy inventory. Uh, When we have higher cost of funds, people are less likely to do things. And that's what the Fed is going for. They want to slow our economy, slow down demand, for products and services and thereby lower the price for those products and services by reducing demand. And so that's what's going on. Year to date, we've gone from a Fed funds rate, a target Fed funds rate of a quarter to currently a target Fed funds rate of 325. That's a 300 basis point increase in nine months that's fairly dramatic uh, we're going to begin to see the effects of that the market however stock market that is has probably predicted a lot of that and that's why we're seeing some lower valuations on stocks uh, to give a little hope maybe uh, or a little a more optimistic kind of an outlook uh, you know we have had uh, fed induced recessions before, and historically, all of those have been followed by better, stronger economic climates and improved stock returns. Uh, going back, I was looking at some statistics on, on Fed rate moves recently, and it looked like the last time the move was this much this soon was 94 The Fed increased interest rates 13 times in 94. The target Fed Fund's rate uh, went up by about 300 basis points, similar to what we have today. Uh, One bright spot in looking at that, in 94 when the Fed was so active, the stock market was down 1.5%, or the S&P 500 was down 1.5%. The following year, '95, after those fairly aggressive moves, the S&P 500 was up 35%. So uh, hopefully, you know, we can uh, look at what is going on with the Federal Reserve and understand why uh, that is going on and then look to the other side of that cycle to a time where uh, – prices are not so restrictive for people, and then our economy begins to rebound. And so I just want to talk a minute about what's going on with the Fed. I know many of you understand that, but uh, for some folks, it might help to have uh, a conversation about why that's going on and and what's... uh, the basis for the Federal Reserve rate increases uh, that we're having. They won't come without some degree of pain. And that's Chairman Powell in his comments from last Wednesday or this Wednesday alluded to the fact that there would be some economic pain. uh, And that will come in the form of slowdown in housing starts, slowdown in home sales, uh, slowdown in corporate spending. Uh, possibly some layoffs. So those are some things that typically come with a more a higher rate environment, and that's probably what we should expect over the next few months. Good news is that's probably priced into where our market is now, and you know we'll probably hear a little bit more later. I, I think Matt will give you some perspective on on bear markets a little later in our podcast, but. I wanted to talk to you about that and hopefully that provides a little insight uh i'm going to go ahead and and turn it over to nolan and he's going to talk about brokered cds which are another bright spot in this uh, higher interest rate environment and he can tell you a little bit about those and how they may be uh suitable for your account and uh nolan
2: thanks mike uh yeah it's uh it's been a uh kind of a rough couple of months with um with the stock market and 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 not knowing where we're we're going with the fed but uh so a lot of people think when they walk in our office you know the only thing we do is we we sell stocks bonds and mutual funds and 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 an array of other different products but one of the uh one of the best things that we have going for us right now on the fixed side are our brokered cds like mike mentioned uh first off i just want to throw out this 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 disclosure is that a uh, brokered cd was with us is not a cd of carol bank and trust uh so so i just had to throw that out there what we have is we have the ability to uh to get cds from different banks around the u.s that raymond james has gone in and vetted and done their due diligence on and um and sometimes they have more attractive rates than what you see at your local uh your local banks so um, right now for a one-year CD we're seeing uh rates around the four percent range uh, which is a massive difference compared to what was going on at the first of the year I think uh, some of those were in the um, to 0.3 range at the first of the year for a one-year CD. So, with the Fed raising these rates the way that they have uh, since the first of the year, while it has been rough for the stock market, it has been it it's been good for the uh, for the brokered CD market. So, um, you know, a lot of people have some questions for us whenever we do uh, bring up the fact that we do have CDs in our uh, at our disposal. Uh, Number one, they are FDIC insured just like if you were to go into your local bank. Uh, One of the good things about us is we can actually give you more than $250,000 worth of FDIC insured money. And uh, that's one great thing because a lot of times... What you'll see is people will go to different banks if uh, you know if they do get over that two hundred fifty thousand dollar mark. So, so that could be uh, an option for you. Some of the differences that that we have in brokered CDs rather than your local bank CDs. Uh, usually, if you redeem a CD early at uh, at your local bank, you're probably going to be charged somewhere around six uh, six months simple interest. If you redeem a CD early on the brokered side, we have to sell a portion of that on the open market. And what does that look like? Well, that looks like if we, if we were to purchase a CD for you today at, at one rate, the Fed raises rates, therefore raising CD rates uh, prior to the maturity of your CD, the price of your CD will actually look like it has gone down. That would only mean if you were to redeem that prior to maturity. Vice versa, if CD rates go down between now and the time that, you, that your maturity date is, uh, your CD would look like it's, it's gained in, in price. And again, that would also be if you sold that at that particular time. So there are some differences on, on redeeming part of that CD or all of that CD prior to maturity uh that's something that uh that that's kind of a head scratcher for a lot of people but but we are all obviously more than happy to answer any questions as it pertains to that um some cds are callable that we that that we have access to meaning that the bank that the cd is held at can actually call that cd and redeem that cd early uh i like to stay away from those if i can Uh, we try to but sometimes it does give you a more attractive rate for a shorter period of time Uh, but you know again that would be dependent on what your uh, what your needs are at the time that that we purchase that cd Uh, one of the other things is is that interest cannot compound sometimes your interest compounds uh, monthly uh, or weekly monthly quarterly uh, at some of your local banks uh, with our brokered CDs, basically whenever you put your principal in, at maturity you will receive your principal plus your interest. Sometimes they might pay out twice a year, but typically we do see that principal and interest credited back to your account on maturity. Um, one of the other things that uh, that a lot of people actually uh, like uh, is that they actually receive a CD at their local bank or, or a copy of the CD at their local bank when they, when they go in there and get that. Uh, with us, it's actually not a certificate. Uh, it's it's all done via computer, so, so you will not actually receive a CD on our side, uh, but you will see that every time that you get a statement. And probably the biggest issue that I see uh, as far as the differences is whenever you do get your statements, it's going to show the redeemable value at the time your statement was cut. So again, we go back to if interest rates have have risen since the time you purchased your CD, it's gonna look like on your statement that we've actually lost money, which is not the case if you hold it until maturity because you will get your principal and your interest back. Um, And vice versa, if they've gone down, it will appear that it's gone up. So that's kind of the differences uh, one of the other differences is that there is a slight cost to CDs that are purchased through the broker's department. Uh, that would always uh, be the first thing that we disclose uh, in our meeting with you uh, whenever we talk about uh, going that route. But obviously, if uh, there was any questions that you had on on CDs from a brokerage standpoint, we would be here to help. And... Um, and, and am I missing anything guys on that? Or uh, you have anything to add on the broker CDs?
1: You know, on that, uh, on that non-callable Nolan that you were talking about or callable, you know, we can, we search these inventories of CDs using our computer program or software. And so we can screen out uh, callable CDs so they don't even come up in our search uh, if you decide that you're not interested in something, that would be called. So that's the only thing I got, Mona.
2: Well, I think uh, that we're going to turn it over to Kim and Sherry, and they're going to give a uh, give some tips. We're we're going to try to start doing some tips at every podcast, but they're going to give some tips on uh, on account titling and why that is a uh, why that. That is a big deal for, uh, for you and, and how those accounts are titled. So we're going to turn that over to them.
3: Thanks, Nolan. I'm Kim Gallimore with Raymond James, and we're excited to share these tips with our listeners. Today, we're going to talk about account titling. When it comes to investment accounts, one thing many people don't think about is making sure their accounts are titled properly. Correct titling of accounts is essential to ensuring that account ownership is structured properly, which in turn ensures that your account assets are distributed according to your wishes after you die. In addition, it's important to do this because the name used on your accounts is also used on the tax forms we send to you and the IRS. One common misconception many individuals have when it comes to titling investment accounts is that if they have an estate plan that includes a last will and testament and trusts, account titling isn't important. However, account titling and estate planning must be coordinated together to avoid unintentionally titling accounts in a way that undermines your estate plan. Doing so can result in difficulties when it comes to orderly distribution of account assets after your death. A second misconception is that once investment accounts have been titled, this is written in stone. But actually, circumstances change. People get married and divorced. They have kids. They inherit other assets. As your life circumstances change, you need to make sure that your accounts are titled accurately and in accordance with the directives that you have in your estate plan. The way in which an account is titled is legally significant and can supersede your estate plan. Here are the most common account titles and their legal impacts. The first one is event individual accounts. This is the simplest way to title accounts. One person or entity owns the account. It is the best way to make sure that the account is distributed according to your wishes after you die. If an account is titled in your name only, it will pass to heirs according to the terms of your estate plan, assuming a different beneficiary isn't designated. The value of the account will be added to your estate, where it will be subject to probate and estate taxes during the year you die. A special designation known as transfer on death can be added to an individually titled account. This supersedes any instructions in your will and ensures that the account is transferred to your designated beneficiary without going through probate. Another common way to title accounts is joint tenants with right of survivorship. This is the most common type of account titling among married couples. When one spouse dies, the account will pass directly to the surviving spouse. This is usually the best choice for simple estates that don't exceed the estate tax threshold or require more sophisticated planning techniques. However, joint with right of survivorship titling supersedes a will, so it shouldn't be used if you have significant assets. This is because the joint tenant who dies is presumed to own 100% of the account. So his or her family will lose the account as it passes to the survivor and the family will have to pay estate tax if the survivor is not a spouse. Like with the individual account, a joint account could have a transfer on death designation. In this case, the surviving account holder has the authority to make changes to the beneficiary prior to their death. This could be a problem if you're dealing with a situation of a second marriage and the remaining owner decides to change the beneficiary to their children, therefore cutting out the late partner's children. So that's just something to think about. Also, we want to note to make sure that your name matches what's on file with the IRS. If there's a discrepancy, the IRS might require CBNT Financial to withhold taxes from your transaction. If you ever have any questions, just let us know.
2: Thank y'all for those tips. So uh, now we're gonna turn it over to Matt Merrick and he's going to try to help us uh, figure out how we're gonna navigate this bear market, which I know that I know that that's heavy on everybody's mind. So I'll turn it over to Matt.
4: Uh, thank you, and Yeah, so to start off, uh, I'll just kind of define a bear market. And um, a bear market is any time the S&P or Dow is down uh, 20% or more and we've entered that territory Recently, so we're officially in a bear market, and since 1928, there have been 28 different bear markets, uh, and with an average drawdown of about 35.6 percent. So, I was running some numbers today, earlier, we're down about 23 24 percent. So, we if it's an average bear market, we've seen most of that drawdown. Uh, There may still be some more to go, probably will be. Nobody really knows uh, when the bottom is. And we always take a lot of calls from our customers. We try to be proactive, reach out to them. Uh, But when the market pulls back like this, we we always get a lot of calls and talk to them. And and everyone understandably is nervous about the market. And what feels good right now during a, a time like this is to sell everything out in your portfolio and go to cash but that's usually not what's smart. I mean, if anybody knew exactly when the, model, when the market was gonna bottom and turn around, that may be smart, but nobody does. And uh, what's smart is to ride it out, uh, but what's even smarter than that is to buy if you have cash that's built up or available uh, that you can use to uh, buy low and sell high. Because everybody knows the key to making money in the market is buying low and selling high. You just have to really have the courage to do it. and um, it's times like right now when you need to step up and, and make those purchases if you have the money available. Uh, another thing I would like to mention is that making money in in the market, is about time in the market, how long you're invested in it, not trying to jump in and out and trying to time it because timing the market is very hard to do. It's about putting your money in there and letting it grow and draw dividends and uh, it will grow over time. So you just have to keep things in perspective and stay calm during a time like this. And then the last thing I would like to say is that for every bear market we've ever been through, there's always been a bull market to follow it so it just goes back to having the right perspective long-term outlook on it and uh, staying calm and staying in the course so appreciate everyone for uh, tuning in this week uh, we appreciate all of our listeners we would like to encourage any of our clients or anyone else for that matter if you're not a client and you have a question uh, maybe about a 401k that you have that you don't have an advisor for we'd be glad to offer you some advice on that but feel free to reach out to us and we'll do our best to help you.
0: Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors Incorporated. Carroll Bank and CBT Financial are not registered brokers or dealers and are independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Investment products are not deposit, not FDIC, NCUA insured, not insured by any government agency, not bank guaranteed, subject to risk, and may lose value.